0: Love Talk Radio.
1: Marty Oakley of the PPJ Gazette Online, and this is the TS Radio Network. Our show tonight is the USDA Hour with Lawrence Lucas and his guests. These shows are brought to you in coordination with Marcel Reed and the original Whistleblower Summit. You're going to see a lot of recreations of this. It's become so successful, a lot of people trying to take off with it. But we hang with Marcel, and that's just the way that is. Anyway, there's a lot to talk about tonight, and Lawrence, of course, is going to be leading the conversation. So with that, Lawrence, take it away.
2: Okay. Thank you, Marty, for having uh, us on tonight. Uh, We have two young gentlemen uh, from Illinois, and we're going to be joined and have been and is joined by Michael Stovall, farmer from Alabama. We're going to talk about what we think why young people should, could, and play a role in what's going on with public policy, with what's going on in the black community, what's going on in their communities, and how it relates to what we're doing in our communities. And we spent a lot of time dealing with race issues. And these young men uh, got in contact with me, and strangely enough, they were interested in some of the same kinds of things that we are interested in. And we're going to start off with um, introducing uh, the two gentlemen is uh, Jacopo, and we also have Andrew White And I'm going to introduce them separately And I want to make sure that And I want to thank them uh, Andrew and Jacopo Are you all on the line now?
0: Um, I am I'm Andrew Hello Thank you for having me uh, Not uh, Not totally certain about Jacopo
2: Okay, well, um, make sure he has that number again and send it to him uh, so he can call in while we're introducing you. Uh, Is that okay? Can you do that?
0: Certainly. uh, I believe he has the number, but I'll text it to him. Maybe that'll help. I'm not sure uh, what's happening.
2: Okay, that'll be great um um maybe something happened but at any rate um we have two young gentlemen and we're going to have a conversation more so than having necessary questions and answers and I do have some questions but I like to speak uh and have them speak to why they're involved and came involved and became interested and USDA and discrimination. And I'm gonna start off with Andrew. And Andrew, um, here you are from Illinois, from actually originated in Oakland Hills, Illinois, and which is a small suburb uh, 30 minutes from Chicago. Uh, You're majoring Mm -hmm. in Global Studies and Political Science at the University of Illinois in Urbana-Champaign. And you, after you graduate, you plan to move on and gain a master's degree in public policy as a major. Uh, I once thought that when you first got in contact with me, I had two young fellows interested in agriculture, and interested in farming. Therefore, we're going to redirect our conversation so that it will fit better what you do. You also indicated that you are the vice president of the Chicago Area Peace Action mm-hmm. University of Illinois at Obama Banner, and it's the a chapter called CAPA. Uh, a student network and you became interested in the Justice for Black Farmer Act, which is a program and a policy document designed to change things at the U.S. Department of Agriculture. I think that what I would like for you to do is to uh, tell our listening audience what you do and what and why you're interested in agriculture and how you came and why you became interested in having a discussion with me about this issue. And and before we go any further, I want to make sure I thank uh, our producer, uh, Marty Oakley, for making this program possible. Okay, uh, Andrew, talk, give us an idea what you do and to start off this conversation And this dialogue
0: Great uh, yeah, Thank you all for having me uh, Yeah, What I do uh, Well yeah As you gave in your introduction uh, good, A great introduction um, I am the Vice President of Chicago Area Peace Action URUC Student Chapter We are part of the Capital Student Network uh, We are uh, College students working with uh, Chicago Area Peace Action Organization And uh, our individual but connected uh, advocacy work, which is all built around, uh, at its core, uh, peace advocacy, uh, trying to build peace through justice. Uh, as Vice President and a member of CAPA UIUC, I am currently leading our Justice for Black Farmers Act campaign. So far, what that has entailed is uh, creating a, um, uh, sorry, blanking <laughs> on words right now, a petition uh, in support of the bill, uh, uh, in addition to learning about the bill ourselves, we try to increase our own knowledge of what it would entail and how to try to uh, bring it to fruition. Also, we uh, wanted to take time to reach out to organizations who are also working for the Justice for Black Farmers Act, and uh, that's how we uh, got into contact with you. And uh, as you can see, that has been uh, very fruitful for us. So I think that's a pretty good summation of uh, what we do.
1: Lawrence? What in the world is happening? Yeah, Michael, can you hear me?
3: Yes, ma'am, I can hear you.
1: Okay, we've we seem to have lost uh Lawrence and a couple other people. I don't know no, what's happening here. here. Okay, here. Lawrence, up go here. ahead. All right.
2: All right, go um, ahead. Um I was hoping that uh, uh we could have um uh, Andrew tell a little about I tell you what, let's do this. Let's go to uh and introduce our good friend advocate Uh, farmer from Alabama and who has been long involved with the issues and concerns of black farmers for many, many years. Uh, We do have on the line tonight um, Michael Stovall. And Michael, tell the people that are listening about, uh, just give an idea of what you do and how you think the connection that you are involved in and what we do connects with these young men on the phone uh, on the show tonight. Thank you.
3: Good evening, good evening. Um, nice to meet you, uh, young man from um, Chicago, uh, Andrew. I'm sorry, I had to think of your name, um, Marty, and Mr. Lawrence Lucas, and um, what I'm glad to see. Um, we got more young people involved and. Uh, helping push the Justice for Black Farmers Act is very important uh, to instill more land uh, into uh, minorities' uh, ownership, because we lost so many so many millions of acres of land because of discrimination at the hands of the U.S. Department of Agriculture. So it's very important to bring the new generation, not only farmers, but activists and uh, door watchers to make sure that the new movement of justice for black farmers in a whole to make a difference with making sure that this legislation come to pass and hoping that this legislation itself can be part of the 2023rd Farm Bill which would make um, This farm bill, well, they're going to start it this year, and it goes in effect in 2023 or 2024 that will bring some justice. This is a lot of things in that bill for slaughterhouses, processing plants, producers where you can have a market to sell your products and all that kind of thing. So it's very important that we see the new generations. I've been a farmer. I'm the fourth generation of farmers in my family. So now – I'm older almost I'll be fifty nine this year, so I'm glad to see more people uh, young people take an initiative to do um, something to bring justice to uh, black farmers and black Americans across the United States It's all about putting quality food back out in our community so we can be healthy and well and strong enough to keep moving forward to make a difference, not only for our lives, but for the farmer's life, but the next generation that's coming along. So I'm glad to um, you here, uh, Andrew, and I'm hoping to eventually speak uh, with you further down the road, you and your uh, colleagues in reference to this movement. So it's a lot to be done because when you're facing uh, years of discrimination at the hands of the U.S. Department of Agriculture, it drives many families' lives. And, and under this administration, refuse to do anything about the systemic problem that they're having at the USDA. It's very important we have young men engaged in what's really going on across the United States of America when it comes to, Black families and black farmers in our community that deserve to have a fair shake at top, t- fair seat at the table. It's very important that we engage in our young generation to stand up and take a stand as well. Thank you. Okay, thank you very much, uh, Michael Stovall. And here uh, again,
2: I thank uh, Andrew for being on. Andrew, uh, before we move any further. Um, just in case Jacopo does not come back on, uh, why not tell us a little about what goes uh, what you and, and the school uh, Il- the University of Illinois is doing, and what the two of you all uh, are looking at in terms of your future and, and what you what you think your organization Uh, how it can interface and be a continual part of this growing and us reaching out to younger people in urban uh, and rural America. Can uh, you maybe just talk about how you and Jacopo came together and tell a little about him, and what do you see coming out of such a – a relationship and a discussion with us on this issue. And feel free to talk about uh, how you became involved and more specifically uh, concerned about and involved in the Justice for Black Farmer Act. Thank you.
0: Certainly. Uh, before I answer that question, I, I do want to try something. I've been texting with Jacopo, and he says that he has called in, but he can only listen. I was wondering, Jacopo, uh, could you try to say something?
1: Can you give me his area code?
0: Yes, I can. Yeah. Um,
1: okay. 773. Okay. Let's try this one. <laughs> okay. Sorry for okay, the confusion.
0: Ahead.
1: Hello? That's all right. Have we got you? Ah. We got you. Oh hi
4: okay all right I am so sorry I I don't know what happened a technical technical difficulty but uh I'm glad to be on the show as well and thank thanks, Andrew
2: Oh uh oh, thank, Jacopo, you. thank you very much for uh getting on and and I don't know if I pronounce your your last name correctly but de mus is that close
4: Uh yeah it's uh, de
2: The marinas. Okay. Well, uh, welcome to the show. And uh, we've gone through some introductions. And we would like, I know, for example, and we talked about the fact that both of you all are from uh, Illinois, and that the both of you all uh, at the University of Illinois majoring in agriculture, you're majoring in agriculture and consumer economics which is very interesting, with a concentration in public policy. Now, and I think you made it very clear to me that after you graduate, you plan to pursue a career in peace-building, multidisciplinary field that focuses on the creation and preservation of peace by finding ways to resolve conflict and I think that's admirable of you, and produce a better future for all. In um, and, and lieu of me going to any detail, because we talked about the organization, but you give us from your perspective, um, introduce yourself, and how you see yourself um, and how you feel as though the connection that we have uh, dealing with black farmers, and we're so far away in Alabama and Washington, D.C. D. and New Jersey. How, how do you um, fill us in as to how your career has taken you to where you are today?
4: Yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah, hi, I'm, I'm Jacopo, and... Um, and yeah so re- regarding um the, the the Justice for Black Farmers Act and um equity in farming i I kind of got first got to understand in this issue um when I was taking an agricultural policy class um actually a couple of semesters ago, and uh, we were discussing um uh my professor and I'm really grateful uh, to him for doing this. He talked about the history of farming in this country and and privilege and who has access to land and who doesn't, and um, in particular, the exclusion of black farmers um, from, from the beginning. Uh, and and yeah, I got I kind of got into it um, and really interested in the topic uh, because um, as I'm interested in peace building, um, and that's kind of like what Kappa see is all about, um, I feel like distributive justice is a big part of peace building and ensuring that Resources are equitably distributed, um, which, you know, of course, one resource one, uh, resources land. I mean, it, it's an incredible um, tool to build uh, intergenerational wealth, and it's something that um, white farmers have had access to, to for centuries now, um, and black farmers haven't, uh, due you know what we have been discussing. Um, and, yeah, it's kind of how I got interested in it, um, and I never thought I would be Major in agriculture and consumer economics. I thought it was going to be political science, but I'm kind of happy that it, it turned out this way. Um, so, yeah. Uh,
2: can you tell yeah. us, uh, thank you, can you tell us a little more about specifically uh, your interests, the both of you all's interests, and we're into the conversation period, so you can ask questions or, or butt in anytime mm-hmm. you want to. Um, Be more specific in terms of the Justice for Black Pharma Act and what was it about that act from the both of you as to why you become active and where you are and reaching out uh, and figure out how you can do something to help black farmers. I would like you and Andrew to
4: take this on. Sounds good. Uh, Andrew, do you want to go first, or do you want me to go go first, or either way?
0: Surely I can go. Okay. Uh, So uh, the question of what is it about the Justice for Black Farmers Act that made us want to – so I speak for myself, I guess, uh, because we're both both on. uh, The reason I want to uh, try to bring it to pass, I guess there is a part of it that is – I've read a lot about different policy solutions. And I think the Justice for Black Farmers Act is one of the most—I uh, don't know if I should use the word radical—but I like that it's trying to do something outside of the confines of, I think, you might call like standard Washington, uh, hmm, standard Washington practice, where you try to try to solve a problem by throwing a small amount of money at it, investing. Uh, not a whole lot of uh, time or funds, and then you just sort of hope that it works out the way that you want it to and don't worry about it very much. I think because the Justice for Black Farmers Act has all of this uh, language about giving people land, specifically black people land, uh, it really stuck out to me as something that, after uh, Yacobo brought it up, after we were talking about it uh, as part of our organization, it stuck out to me as something that, Is like historically very divergent from the pattern that things follow. Uh, In America, usually black people don't get things. Uh, We don't get land, even though people have promised us land before. Uh, We don't get uh, resources, even though they have been promised to us before. And I like that this bill is trying to give people some land. I really like that. Uh, So I think that's how I got interested in that, and then. Uh, you know, at cap UIUC, we have a lot of freedom to pursue uh, any, almost, honestly, any route to advocacy, so uh, we voted on it, and uh, I'm glad to see that it was one of the campaigns we chose to pursue, and uh, I'm happy to work on it. Okay, Jacopo,
2: thank you very much. Uh, that gives us a little clarity than I had before. Uh, Jacopo, what about yourself?
4: definitely yeah um so uh, actually i first um i first started researching the justice for black farmers act um uh in my agricultural policy course that i was uh telling you guys about and um and yeah but, but initially kind of the, the first thing to be perfectly honest that i um then i noticed about the act is that uh, senator cory booker was a primary sponsor and um i've kind of i know a good amount about him about um, what he supports um, about his values, and that um, encouraged me to just look deeper into it and um, and then I kind of, you know from there I started researching the history um, of uh, of how black farmers have been excluded, um have been excluded from farm, farm ownership um, with the USDA loans, lack of credit, um, lack of agricultural extension programs um under funding of h b c u s and everything that kind of is connected to uh, uh to agriculture and um and yeah i I think that you know I hope that people support the act i think it's the morally right thing to do and um I just hope that uh that you know i, I don't want to put aside this conversation but I, I just hope that um politicians don't aren 't kind of queasy about. Um, You know, government intervention in the economy, Um, you know, in this case, like the land market, and I think that sometimes it's necessary, especially since, you know, if you look at other countries, um, the government wouldn't even be appropriating land. Um, It would just be buying it at a fair market value and transferring it to current or prospective black farmers. So I think that that is um, really, you know, um, really reasonable, and I think it's the best way to uh, rectify um, how black farmers have been treated. Um, And and yeah, I I really hope that people support the act. I'm sorry, I kind of got into a tangent. um, But I think it's a really cool act. I think uh, think we all should support it.
2: Oh, thank you very much. I want to just add a little clarity. Uh, The reason why that bill came into being, uh, it was because the coalition and the um, Justice for Black Farmer Group, got in contact with Elizabeth Warren when she was running for president in 2019. The original bill and the plan that she put together uh, is the Justice for Black Farmer Act. So to add a little clarity to it, I want to make sure that uh, it was Elizabeth Warren who was running for president who was told that the issue of air property was the major issue that has impacted and is the reason why black farmers for decades have lost land and has lost wealth um so i want to add some clarity to that to make sure that she gets the credit that's due and 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 we are still in close contact with her she is still to this day a strong, if not one of one of the strongest supporters of what we are doing. So we do have uh, Senator Warnock, Senator Booker, and the one good thing about it, uh, the bill was in turn it was discussed and probably given. And Senator Booker ran with it, introduced it in in the in the uh, in the Senate in 2021, and he believes in what this bill is all about and and what the purpose is. He also introduced it again in 2022. So I just want to give some clarity and some history to it that would put everybody who's listening in perspective, and if that was missed, I wanted that to be clear. At this time, I would like... If uh, Michael uh, Stovall Farmer, do you have any questions of these young men at this point?
3: Yes. um, I'm so glad that you took the time, both of y'all young men, to um, investigate and find out what's actually been going on with the systemic problem of the black farmers across the United States of America for many decades. Because it's a long history of uh, wrong wrong need to be corrected and trying to get from one administration to the next and every administration make promises and nobody does anything about fixing the problem just like the debt relief for the black farmers that never uh, taken off the way it should have by the white farmers filing lawsuits against the debt relief process so I'm so glad to know that we got some young uh, activists uh, slash uh, maybe farmers, maybe food desert uh, peacemakers or what all your calling may be as you move forward uh, in your future, your near future life. So it's very important that we let the world know what's actually been taking Generational wealth from the black communities and the black families for many, many decades, and it needs to be really, really put out there in the world so the world can see exactly what the U.S. Department of Agriculture and our government has done to our people. So, uh, so tell me something about where y'all are uh, with what y'all are trying to do in the in the process of the procedures of. Uh, getting it out there, or uh, getting support for the bill, and what part are y'all willing to play to to bring on uh, to make a difference and move it forward? Either one of y'all can answer that question if you don't mind,
4: or uh, you can ask so me can a question miss? as well. So, sure. Um.
0: Uh,
4: yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, uh, no, I was going to say, Andrew. I think uh, you'd uh, be- better be seated uh, uh, to answer that question, since you're the campaign lead for for the Justice for Black Farmers Act campaign. Um, but I-, I can definitely contribute after. But if you want to, want to go first. And
0: then... yeah, okay, sure, sure. Um, uh, the process so far has involved uh, the petition we made and circulated uh, on the internet, and then. Uh, The larger cap organization sent out the email blast with the petition. Uh, We have – I haven't checked in a um, couple of weeks now, but I think last I saw was over 150 signatures. Uh, So, you know, uh, a small start, but a good one. Um, So we're working on that. And I think the other part of our advocacy, what we were trying to do, uh, besides, I guess, Spreading information about the Justice for Black Farmers Act. We posted some things on social media giving short summations of the bill. Although, actually, from our conversations, I'm thinking maybe we should change some of the things we put in the summary. I typed that up like, oh my gosh, a year ago. And I don't think, I think the uh, the things that uh, you all have shared with me, uh, probably I should uh, try to have y'all look at it or someone to look at it to make sure that it's a good representation of the parts of the bill that are most important to, um, you know, uh, black farmers' needs and interests. Uh, so that's what we're doing on that side. And then outside of the petition, uh, we've been trying to uh, get in contact with other organizations uh, doing advocacy work, and uh, the great thing about uh, us uh, meeting up with Mr. Lucas, uh, or sorry, Mr. Lawrence, uh, Mr. Lawrence Lucas, is that I think we could use the... Uh, skills that CAPUIUC has been uh, building up. We have some really great people. Uh, I'm always very proud to work with them. Uh, to you know help out in any way we can. So if that means you know writing some letters, uh, or uh, I know we've discussed before some doing some outreach in uh, the community. We like I'm currently in Champaign Urbana. Uh, you know that's Southern Illinois. Uh, I live. Was my uh, you know my family in Orland Hills, but right now I'm in Champaign-Urbana uh, at school. Uh, so we talked about reaching out to people uh, in the community, advocates in the community in that way. Uh, I've also heard some uh, talk of demonstrations. I don't know uh, where we would do that necessarily, but uh, I think we could definitely try to set something like that up. I know I would go, and of course we would ask our members to try to come out as well. So, you know, uh, I think we're going to try to help out uh, you know, in any way that we can in our uh, current capacity. And I think the main uh, assets we have to help out are uh, we have been working on learning more about policy. We, uh, we are, you know, voters, of voting age, who can write letters to political officials uh, and, you know, threaten them with not voting for them, as you do. Uh, and we have our connection to the Kappa Student Network and uh, the larger CAPA organization, uh, and they have a network of people to reach out to, and those uh, other Kappa student groups are also pretty fantastic. Every time I meet them, they share some new activist knowledge with me. So I think if we reached out to them, they might be able to help
3: as well. Uh, that's great. Um, another thing, um, with um, Black farmers have suffered because we've lost so much land, and knowing the, the legacy of the problem and that's the reason that the Justice for Black Farmers Act is very needed to kind of correct some of the wrongness that has been done Mm -hmm. to the black families across the United States. It's just a small token, but it's a start. Um, Mm -hmm. And the U.S. Department of Agriculture played a big role in taking the land from the black communities, and the generation, billions of dollars, a generation of wealth, that could have been passed down is no longer there. So, and we respect in the Biden administration the right executive order with, uh, with the president, uh, with the Secretary of Agriculture, Secretary bill South, uh, in reference to making sure that he follows the policies and procedures that's put in place, that the, the bill that the Congress had passed on the American Rescue Act, that money's there to settle uh, farmers' cases. The is still sitting on online waiting on this to to manifest itself and nobody enforcing it. So we got policies there, nobody enforcing it. The debt relief policy there, nobody enforcing it. So it's a lot of things that this this president should have did to correct some of the wrongness that has been done across the United States of America for many decades though. Okay, thank you. I, I wanted to find out if, uh, if uh,
2: is there any, I, I know we just finished with the young man, and he gave a good overview. Okay, what about uh, the other young man on the line? I would like to give him a chance to maybe add uh, maybe some information or a direction in terms of where they themselves and their organization can go
4: definitely yeah um i mean Andrew gave a really good summary um but but yeah i think regarding um the direction of Kathy yosse uh, with respect uh to the justice for black farmers act is um is that you know as Andrew was saying building coalitions um with other um organizations like the USDA um coalition of, uh, minority um uh farmers I think uh that, that that is you know a really important thing but not not only that uh but also really engaging with um with the youth uh, across the country um and you know reaching out to uh registered student organizations uh that come from like different um organ- uh, different universities across the country and uh spreading awareness of the of the justice for black farmers act um i think that's an important thing. Uh, so that, you know, the youth, uh, we're going to be voting, as Andrew said, we're going to be impacting public policy. Um, Some of us will become the next generation of of politicians. Uh, I mean, the next, like, cohort of politicians. Um, And, yeah, so I think that a really important thing is really um, engaging with other students um, and, you know, even high schoolers, uh, maybe. Uh, just an idea, but I think that's an, an important thing that we at UIC will um, will keep in mind um, moving forward with this campaign. Um, and yeah, I, I think that's that's, an, that's another important thing. Oh, thank
2: you very much, uh, Marty. Do you have any questions at this point? Um, I have another question, but um, do you have anything? That you may have that you want to ask the, these two young men tonight, okay, okay, Marty will probably be able to join us later. Um, I would like there's an, another thing that um, what is it that that's driving the both of you? Is it your your education is it um, uh is it because of the history? that your family have with rural America? Is it, um, let's say, is it what you've learned in the classroom? I would like each one of you all to tell me from each one of your standpoints as to what you think is the major thing that's driving you all to be concerned and get involved on this issue at this time. Uh, Either one can
4: go first. Um. I'll well, oh, go ahead, oh, Okay. All right. Um, this is one time. I know it's it's difficult. Um, over the phone, uh, to know who's speaking first, but um, yeah. So I, I, um, I think that um, that the main thing that's really kind of um, drawn my interest uh to the Justice for Black Farmers Act, is um, you know, not only the fact that it seeks to rectify um, one of the greatest wrongs, I think, that have been that has been inflicted upon a black community in the United States, but also that it's something that um, at least, I mean, like NPR and other news sources have been kind of, have been reporting on this topic, but it's still something that I feel like um, not a lot of Americans are even aware of. Um, and I think part of that is just due to the fact that there are so few black farmers um, in the United States these days, and, you know, we all know why that is, um, but I, I think that, you know, I think it's important that we continue to to a, advocate for just the Black Farmers Act, and not only that act, but any act that, you know, might be brought before Congress that seeks to um, distribute land more equitably in this country. And... Um, enhanced um, ag extension services, um, increasing funding for the HBCUs, um, but I think it's something that not a lot of people in this country are aware of, and it's something that we should be aware of. Um, you know, we should be as aware of this issue as, for example, you know, housing discrimination um, or, or discrimination that's currently happening uh, against um, African Americans and other people of color regarding voting rights. Um, which is obviously really important. But, you know, this is also a really important issue. And, yeah, so I think that's like the main, one of the main things driving me um, to advocate for this act. I don't know about you, Andrew.
2: Andrew?
0: Yeah. Yes. That uh, was oh, great, Jacopo. Uh, I think for me, it's hard to point to a single thing. That's the main driver, I think. I think it's going to come down to a combination of two, maybe three things. Uh, I think, firstly, there is my, um, like my family and my heritage. Uh, my my family has always given me a, I think, strong foundation in love and uh, self-regard. Uh, in addition to uh, what you might call uh like a black consciousness. Um something that has made me aware uh well not you know not not uh, pressure exactly, not putting pressure on me, but making sure that I know that uh, you know, my parents, my grandparents, my great grandparents, uh experienced difficult things and they worked hard to make it so that I didn't have to experience at least as many difficult things, I suppose. None of, us, uh, none of us here are um, living perfect lives, but a lot of people did a lot of things to make my life uh, full of opportunities that, you know, would have been much harder for them to come by. And I'm very grateful for that, and I do want to pay that forward in my life. Uh, so that's, you know, driver one. That's probably my largest one for trying to pursue this act because I think uh, it's the way that I can help, and I do want to help. Uh, the other thing is that it is, it is my education. Um The more I learn about things in social science, the more I see that a lot of things I took for granted uh, as just the result of, you know, random chance or some sort of uh, mistake made by a couple individuals centuries ago. A lot of things were created with with the specific purpose of hurting people in order to enrich other people. Uh, The other people being mostly uh, wealthy people uh, who felt that they could increase their wealth by creating uh, constructs of uh, economic and racial oppression uh, in order to uh, force people to accept uh, lower standards of living. Uh, And I think when you know what that is and you know how it's created and you know that it is not real, when you know that that's not the way things just naturally occur when you know know that it is the result of a concerted effort by people who uh, want to harm those uh, who cannot defend themselves or who at one point were in a position where it was much more difficult to defend themselves, Uh, you want that to not be the case anymore. So I think that's also a part of it. And I guess, you know, uh, uh, underneath that education thing is the fact that I'm kind of a, uh, I don't want to say a policy nerd that feels pretentious, but I do think public policy mm-hmm. is very interesting, and uh, the opportunity to use my, like, interest and my passion in service of uh, my community is a fantastic opportunity for me. So, you know, those two things, things—my where I come from and my education, I think.
4: That wow. Is, Thank um, you. Wow. Go um, ahead.
2: Go ahead. Don't let me stop you.
4: Oh, wait, all right. Um, yeah, so, sorry, Mr. Lucas. I was like, that's a great response, Andrew. Um, and I think that, you know, what you're getting at, um, and this kind of brings out the peace, peace builder in me, um, is that I remember reading an article a couple months ago about, um, about like, the origins of prejudice and the caste system. And, um, and, and basically, um, this idea that, you know, the zero-sum mentality that what, one group has, um, the other group can't have. So, for, for you know, in this case, I guess it would be, um, you know, what, uh, so any, you know, this, this idea, and it's completely false, that what is afforded to white farmers um, that now, uh, for example, if resources, uh, if land was going, you know, it's going to be apportioned to black farmers, that that would harm white farmers, which is completely not true, because, you know, we all have to, um, we have to collaborate, and the well-being of everyone is increased by distributing uh, resources equitably. So I I think it's it's a really cool article. Um, I'm going to look it up. Well, actually, I I, I won't look it up right now, but it's basically, it's like a source of prejudice and the caste system. It was written by actually, actually a mediator. Um, and, and yeah, I think it's just a really, uh, really cool idea that kind of explains the mentality of why racism even exists and, you know, which kind of explains why it would exist in the housing market, in the land market, was voting. Um, and I think, you know, what, what we have to do moving forward is just, you know, unite and, and push what's right together. Um, so Yeah.
2: Uh, thank you very much, uh, Jacopo. Right? I, I, am I on track here? Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I find I find that um, uh, Andrew, did, did you have something you wanted to say?
0: Oh no. Uh, okay. I like think I said all I need to say. That was a great okay. uh, uh, additional. Yeah, that was really cool.
2: Um, you said uh, oh, so. I think it was Jacopo that said, "Ah, uh, do you want to have something else? You want to want to add to what you just said, uh, Jacopo? Because it seemed like you may add another thought."
4: Um. Uh. No, not not really. To be honest, um, I, yeah, I don't think I have anything else to say. Um, yeah, but but thanks for giving me the opportunity. Okay,
2: well I, I have a couple other things to throw at you, and one I w- one thing I would like to know what kind of uh, your your organization and what you all do uh is the school is the university uh involved with what you all do? what kind of independence are you all operating from? as a student group associated with the university? I'd like for both of you all to respond to that if one doesn't answer the the question. Okay.
0: That's an interesting, that's interesting because the university doesn't really have much of an influence over what we do, I guess. I, I think there are some limits. Uh, probably there are some things we can't do and still have because the university doesn't officially endorse us i don't think i'm pretty sure the way it works is they give us certain privileges as then we have the ability to fundraise we have the ability to utilize for free uh university property uh if we reserve it first um, but and we and in return, we are uh, obligated to. Engage in certain ex, in certain trainings and uh, align with certain uh, you know pr- um, regulations. We can't uh, register without having. We cannot become a, a registered student organization without having a president. For example, we have to have somebody listed officially on us our school's uh, you know I guess database as the president. But in terms of you know giving us direction, uh, we kind of. We kind of do not whatever we want, but they don't, you know, really give us any instructions other than you have to have a president, a vice president, Mm -hmm. treasurer, uh, two other uh, positions as well, Uh, and you can't – there's probably a couple other things we can't do, uh, you know, based around, you know, I think principles of human decency, which is good. I'm glad we have those uh, uh, restrictions. But I don't know, y'all. is there anything else you can think of that we – you know, we have to get in terms
4: of direction from the school. Um, I think you you uh, made a good summary. Um, or or you you, uh, you gave a good. You, I think you gave, uh, gave a good summary of um our links to university. I know, for example, mm-hmm. we can also um use the uh, university's library collection. So I know um you mm-hmm. actually you know recently found um a documentary. Uh, about building uh, organization uh, mask or mothers um, and men against census killings in Chicago. Um, so yeah, I mean we can use the library and that you know as a research uh, tool. Um, but yeah, to be honest, um, we, we don't really receive a lot of direction on uh, where, where we should take the organization, which I think is a good thing uh, from the university, um, and we're kind of left to our own devices.
0: Yeah. Oh, and also, just to add really quick, I know that some organizations have, like, actually demonstrated against the university. We haven't done so, but others have, and they, you know, they're still here. They're still doing stuff. The university is pretty uh, – I, really, I guess I haven't thought about it before, but the university is almost, you know, pretty hands-off with us, and I kind of appreciate that, as Yasko was saying. Although, of course, as we both know that there are some limits, but not a whole lot of limits.
2: Uh, thank you very much for that clarity. Uh, is your organization, is it a multicultural, multiracial? Is it an all-black organization? Is it um, – uh, what, is, what is your makeup, your, uh, your membership
0: racially? Oh, we are – I think mostly white. Oh, go ahead, Yacba.
4: Oh, uh, yeah, well, actually, you can go ahead, but I, I did want to add that um, – yeah yeah, so uh we are still working on increasing diversity in the organization. Um uh but yeah, if you want to go Andrew,
0: um Oh sure, yeah. Uh I think we are mostly white. let me
4: see. Uh, yeah, it's
0: mostly white um but yeah, as Dr. was said, we are trying to expand uh mm-hmm. the uh, our diversity. Uh yeah, because right now, it I think it is mostly white, mostly men. Uh, although we do have, actually, yeah. it's not mostly men. It's But it is mostly well, white. Well, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, because Janet, Nikki, Donji, there's some, is there someone else? I just someone person. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, I think
4: I, all,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, I'll go ahead, man.
4: Oh, yeah, oh yeah, I was gonna say, um yeah, I mean, we're working on making an organization more diverse um and yeah, at the moment um we're we're really trying to uh uh seek out um more like students of color for the board um but I think like in in terms of like the group membership, it's fairly diverse, but I think we we do want to get um I, I think you know, Andrea can speak for you, too, in, this, in, in, in saying that we, we want more diversity, especially in the board, um, and, yeah, and also um, more more women, um, because we actually – it was kind of funny at the very beginning. We had um, a good amount of, actually, majority women in the board, and now it's slipped. So, um, but, yeah, amazing. I think, you know – I know, right? I, I think these things, you know, happen naturally, I feel like, you know, um, that we should maybe Make direct outreach um, to, uh, to to different RSOs to try to increase the diversity, um, but also you know it can happen naturally. Um, but yeah, I think it's definitely an important thing.
0: Yeah, I would say we are probably roughly six sixty sixty five percent white, and then we do have I think personally, you know, I think there is
4: diversity, but yeah,
0: we are definitely trying to expand. Uh, and increase that diversity for sure, yeah.
4: Yeah, and I think, you know, it will happen. Um, I mean, of course, you can do direct outreach, but I think also just the nature um, of our organization, we make it very clear that, you know, we we want diversity in all forms, which also actually means, you know, political diversity because, you know, if we could get Republicans, um, and, you know, we are not partisan but, you know, to be honest, uh, we, we do have, we do tend to have, I think, probably members that are more progressive, um, but if we could get also Republicans and conservatives, um, you know, to join us and and to see the value um, in the Justice for Black Farmers Act and other initiatives we're doing, I think that can make a big difference in really um, increasing bipartisan support. I mean, little by little. I mean, we're just a small organization, but you know what I mean. I mean... It can make a big difference. Yeah, I hear you, Capo. Yeah, sorry. We, we, we ended, I guess we had thought about
0: this question uh, for an extensive period of time. So we ended up kind of figuring out as we went along. Sorry about that. Oh, uh,
2: I'm sorry. I think the work that you all are doing is really fantastic, um, and I can't say, uh, I can't. I'm somewhat overwhelmed by the responses. Uh, of the two of you. And, and I want to thank you for coming on the show. But, uh, but beyond that, um, you indicated that you may be able or you may be interested. Have you ever thought about, in your research and looking at USDA and in what you're doing, uh, have you ever thought about any research uh, at what this whole issue is? Have you thought about, and the one thing you you did mention, that, Politically, activity includes writing letters to black leaders or leaders, period, uh, the Congress. And does that also include your interest if, in fact, if it's so uh, demanded once you learn more about what's going on? Would that also include letters to
3: the president
2: to tell uh, him about what's going on? how far are you willing to go or have you given any thought to that?
0: Oh, um Yeah, I think uh I think for both of us when I say uh writing let we because 'cause we've already written we've already signed on to letters to, for example, uh Senator Tammy Duckworth of Illinois for a different thing. We're willing to I mean yeah, I think uh particularly the Justice for Black Farmers Act, uh, like half of our uh, student organization, I think this is what we uh, kind of signed up to do. Uh, We definitely write letters to, you know, honestly, whoever. Um, I know know that it might make more sense if we send them to, uh, um, I guess, federal officials or if they're state officials, they would be our state officials. I guess I should take that into account. Uh, but I'll I'll sign on to any letter, uh, and then I can ask the rest of my uh, the rest of our group members and see if they would, uh are willing to. But yeah, maybe we'll do that. Uh, I don't know if you wanted to add anything, though, Yacobo.
4: Um, Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I think Andrew, I think he summarized it really well. Um, you know what what we're planning on doing. Um, but I yeah, I, I think that um that that writing letters letters to elected officials um is really important, and besides, I also think um letters to the editor um to increase like media awareness of this issue is could be something else that we we choose to do, um, especially like down Ch- champaign urbana, I think that um yeah that due to the fact that we're, we're in a more rural community uh with with farmers that that may be something that they'll take interest in um and and yeah, I think uh, I think those are two really solid ways that we can progress in this campaign. Oh, yeah. Okay, thank you. You an- you
0: answered
2: that question, uh, and I thank you all for being so candid, and so direct, and so honest. And you explain oh. yourselves and what you do and what your goal and your purpose is so with such clarity that I know that our listeners from around the country, and because our listeners do not just include uh, people within the confines of the United States. Uh, I would like to, at this point, is there a question, Stovall, that you would like to ask uh, these two young gentlemen?
3: Well... Not really. I'm, I'm really impressed that y'all took the the, the interest in um, trying to help bring um, a resolution to the history of wrongness that the government has allowed to happen. Um, it's very important what y'all do, and I really appreciate it. You know, I've been in this fight for 29, well, actually 30 years in January, Of discrimination Mm -hmm. with a finding of discrimination in the breach of settlement agreement. So I'm so impressed that y'all took the time to look at the history of the USDA and look at the uh, the plaque of the black farmers and also the Justice for Black Farmers bill, uh, making uh, a difference in. Uh, correcting some of the wrongness that has been done for generations. Generations. So I uh, appreciate your time and what you have done and what you continue to do to make a difference. Thank, thank both uh, of y'all thank you. very much.
4: Did you, you all, sir. any you? of you all
2: want to, exp- uh, um, was that you, Marty? No. no, no. I, did did any one of you want to uh, add or address what Mr. Stovall said?
0: Um I would um, just say uh I'll uh oh yeah go ahead Yasuo
4: No you uh, you start talking first
0: <laughs> Okay I would just say uh really quickly uh you know uh, thank you so much sir for uh, listening to us and for um uh you know sharing your concerns uh I really appreciate I really appreciate the opportunity uh
4: to try to help out So thank you
3: Thank you very much thank you.
4: Um, and, yeah, Mrs. Silva, I do have actually a, a quick question for you. Um, I was wondering, so like, given your experience um, and just, like, your personal opinion and what you think would be best for, for black farmers in this country. I know you can't probably speak for, you know, every black farmer, but but just given what you know, do you think that the Justice for Black Farmers Act is the best way forward, or um, do you think that another, another initiative or, or, like, bill um, might be... Um, best suited to to address this issue, um, or yeah, I'm just wondering about like your, your personal opinion if you feel comfortable sharing. Yeah, yes.
3: I, I think that the, the Justice for Black Farmers Bill is very important to correct some of the wrongness of the at uh, the other department, but also uh, fixing the systemic problem As of this presidency is in leadership and bring in uh, debt relief for black farmers, and also settle in black farmers' cases. Um, the American Rescue Act had placed money, uh, and the president signed the bill in law, uh, I think it was in March of um, March of last year, and black farmers were still suffering, and they're giving the money to organizations versus settling farmers' cases. So. We need the President to step up and do something about the Secretary of Agriculture that he put in place, which we had requested him not to, and seeing the the Secretary's track record, he should have never been the Secretary of Agriculture. So all those things that um, we have tried to do in the past was meeting with the Secretary for many years when he was under the Barack Obama's administration, failed to do anything to correct the wrongdoing of the black farmers. So just an ongoing situation that needs to be corrected. So. Yeah, and me, as definitely. myself, having a finding of discrimination and a breach of settlement agreement, and many farmers across the United States of America hasn't gotten older. Even when I started out, I was 29 years old. I'm 58 years old. And my first discrimination experience with the USDA at 29 years old. I've been fighting them for 30 years. So, um, and, you know, it's just an ongoing situation uh, that never stops. So you can look up my, look me up, Michael Stovall, Black Farmer, USDA discrimination in Town Creek, Alabama, and it shows the history. And that's not saying just me. It's many black farmers across the United States. That's Experienced a similar same situation, so it's just an ongoing situation that's never stopped and put your life on hold, and so many people have died in the struggle, so because just because they weren't yeah. too far. Yeah. Okay, okay, Jaco, Andrew, um,
2: either one of you all want to expound on this conversation?
4: Um uh not at the moment i i you answered all my questions uh mrs dovo um but yeah thank you so much for for uh sharing sharing your thoughts um I learned a lot um I, to, yeah uh to add to what
2: the bill does in one of the most important uh, facets of it, and that is immediately pay off all u s d a direct Guaranteed and storage facility loans of social disadvantaged farmers. That's one. Uh, another mm-hmm. is develop an inclusive uh, implementation process rooted in a community-based participatory framework that will value racial equity, respect, humility, shared decision making, and and knowledge and democracy. In other words, more transparency and more accountability. The one of the things the other thing that the bill does, it prioritizes the restoration of black farmers through financial compensation, land acquisition and grant making for generative farm food and fiber and reentry as well as innovation. It, it's, it's To answer your question about the bill, it's probably one of the best bills that we've seen uh, since yeah. the, um, I would say, the clinton Glickman uh, years when President Clinton met with farmers and sat down with them and took them seriously and went about resolving the problem. We haven't had another administration that has done what the Clinton administration did. They laid out a a, 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 a plan that went about resolving the problem both for farmers as well as employees. Uh, What is your reaction uh, to some of the things I've just said?
0: uh well firstly i've been taking notes as we've been talking uh to try to well to take it to the rest of uh so all the things you said uh are very i think important to the stuff we're trying to do because i don't think some of the things y'all uh, that you all have mentioned especially that clinton administration uh having done uh apparently some very good work we definitely did not <laughs> we did not know that uh i am curious uh so you said the Clinton administration laid out a plan and followed through. So with, is the issue more with the Biden administration not creating a plan or is it more on the follow through?
2: It's a matter of probably a combination of both. Uh, we uh, sat down from the very beginning. We sent a, a letter to the Biden administration in 2021. And we wanted and we've been communicating with them ever since. The problem is that the administration has not gotten the Secretary of Agriculture, Tom Vilsack, to sit down and lay out a plan that would do a number of things. One would be to uh, pay off the debt relief, uh, pay off uh, and return farmers' money that they took in offset, Um, resolve the many of cases and the thousands that farmers have uh, filed and set up a plan by which to resolve them, not only for uh, farmers, but also employees. Those are two or three things out of a list of 16 that we have on our agenda, and we have not been able to get them uh, to work in a systemic way. You can settle all the cases and settle every class action and pump money and give people money to run programs that have nothing to do with paying off the debt, which has nothing to do with uh, resolving the, the institutional, dysfunctional civil rights process at USDA, and it won't, it will not uh, settle any of the cases. That's just an example. So these are the kinds of things that uh, we wanted to share with you and and, and and begin to share more with you and give you a little more detail. So we want to work with you. We want to work with the university, and we want to expand our relationship from the organizations that you work with in rural America and connect that what you all do with what's happening in urban America, especially in cities like Washington, D.C. Does that make any sense to you?
0: Oh, yes, I think uh, all of that. uh, Well, the only thing I would say is that I don't know. I think we can ask the school. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure what the school does in terms of, like, our organization, like working with our student organizations, they haven't really, really done anything with us before. I don't think yes. we could try though. Uh, and as to the rest, we can definitely do that.
4: Definitely. Well, I also wanted to mention that. I, please correct me if I'm wrong, but I think isn't uh, University of Illinois is a land grant university, right? With specializing in oh. agriculture. So yeah, oh, and yeah. special, special. Yeah, so I think that UIUC might be willing um, and interested in. Um, we can even, you know, talk with the chancellor in, in adopting an official stance on this issue. Um, and from what I can tell, I mean, the university isn't perfect, but I think it, I think they may be willing to really to maybe release a statement or um, reach out to to farmers in the Champaign Urbana area, or I don't know, whatever they're willing to do. Um, I think it's that's the a great idea, Mr. Lucas. Um, what do you think Andrew?
0: do? Yeah, I think uh, firstly, uh I mean I I've already I have emailed the chancellor before for a different thing. Uh Oh and, cool. And uh yeah, uh but I'm not, not saying that uh I w I, I shouldn't say that he necessarily uh you know I changed his mind about anything. It was just asking a question for something else. I'm not actually sure why I did it now. It was a a while ago. But I do know how to do it, I guess. Uh, And it's pretty straightforward. I think we could uh, type up a thing, you know, uh, explaining what we're trying to do. And I'm not sure if the school releases information in support of things or not. Yes, they do, because they did that with some political – sorry, I'm talking out loud here. The point – I guess I'm rambling, but the point is we could definitely try. I don't – I, I don't know what would happen uh, I'm actually quite excited to see uh, what that would look like
3: oh yeah
1: go
4: oh, ahead oh that's what I was going to say oh no no that's all I was going to say just yeah but I mean I, I uh, affirming what Andrew said I, I think that would be a really cool idea um, yeah and it would be interesting to see if, if the university you know I think they would I don't want to speak for them but um can definitely try
1: yeah
2: okay thank you Uh, let me see if um, our producer if uh, Ms. Marty Oakley at this point have a question before I ask you all to maybe kind of summarize and close Uh, Marty do you have any questions
1: for these young men one of the things I've been watching that has been rolling through I get USDA alerts to keep track of what they're up to And there are three, well, actually several things that figure in here that concern me, and they all end up with land loss by farmers, mostly black farmers. And that is Bill Gates now owning 300,000 agricultural, prime agricultural acres in this country. Most of that gained through (coughs) land theft by the USDA. They came in right behind that, and they deregulated Genetically modified corn and soybeans. Guess what's going to be mm. on your table? And, but I'm watching that oh. there's things that happen, and I've learned, especially with an agency like USDA, nothing is ever incidental or coincidental. It's always part of a plan, and they'll do it piecemeal till it sneaks up on you, and you don't know what happened until you get hit in the head. So I am concerned about yes. those things. Hanging onto the land is, of course, the prime concern. But you have to see what these people are doing with Vilsack back in the USDA. Uh, this guy, they called him Monsanto's golden boy. He is for sale to the highest bidder. And uh, you you need to watch this man very, very closely. Um, there is nothing, in my opinion, honorable about him. And um, hey, this guy is a... Mm. Uh, Yeah, He's a piece of work. But anyway, those are just my thoughts when you're looking at all of this at the loss of land or trying to hang on to it. Also, and then Biden's got out this big plan, and it's called the 30 by 30, where they're intending to seize massive tracts of land and supposedly hold it for heritage and also um, several various areas of the country. And basically what they're doing is sequestering the land away from the public, away from private use. This also enters into this. It may be indirect, but it all, all has a piece of this. And if you think I'm wrong, say so. Mr. Stovall, what's your thoughts on that?
3: My thoughts is actually, I'm here. It, my thoughts has been that they put him back in there for a reason. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, politics is politics. You know, they they realize what's going on because... Is the is Bill uh the president knows the track record of Bill Sapp. He was it was known under Barack Obama's administration. He stayed in there eight years. So, like you say, he's part of the man, uh, Monsanto uh, golden boy and that's the lionest man I ever seen in my life. I had never seen anybody but Trump that lies as much as Bill Sapp.
1: <laughs> and that's you. the problem Thank that you. farmers <gasps> yeah.
3: have. No moving forward because when you got legislation that's already been passed and nobody implemented, just like the 2008 farm bill that it was money in the farm bill to, to pay the discrimination cases that never got done. So there's right. a lot of policies that's been put out there, but when you put somebody in a position that refused to do the right thing, even from down to change the finance to, of discrimination to non-finers to keep from resolving the complaints. So it's so many mm-hmm. reports of what the USDA have done and continue to do, and nobody wants to uh, hold them accountable. Bill said right. needs need to be put in jail. Joe Lennon needs to be yeah, put in jail. And, and all the people that played a part in doing the thing, it's a criminal act that's going on within the agency as a whole, and it needs to stop. And we go from administration after administration, president after president, and nobody wants to do something about the systemic problem of discrimination at this agency.
1: Well, you know, and that's something that bothers me in all of this, too. Mm-hmm. The most corrupt business practices, the the most discrimination, sexual assaults, uh, unlawful activity occurs in these federal regu- uh, agencies, course they're all privately owned and they're contracted to the federal government as a government service corporation. I have never seen anything, the USDA, the VA, whoever, that are all so dysfunctional and are costing Mm -hmm. all of us a ton of money and yet nobody seems to be able to do anything with them. And I go back to that time in the um, House when somebody had stood up and spoke to one of the representatives and said, regarding the FDA, why don't you tell them what to do, order them? He said, well, we can't. We can advise them, but we can't tell them what to do. And I found out the same thing. That's when I got on to finding out about the fact that these are all private corporations, and they are contracted to the federal corporation. And But why this has allowed the, it, the millions and millions of dollars it costs taxpayers in this country every year to support this amount of dysfunction and lawbreaking is just, it's breathtaking. And yet, you're right, Michael, president after president doesn't do a thing about it. And when they put Vilsack back in there, I knew the bottom was going to drop out of everything. This man, oh my gosh, he, he is probably one of the most vile people ever to hit D.C. But here we are stuck with him again. And you cannot believe a damn thing that comes out of that man's mouth. But anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry, Lawrence. Okay. Okay. Oh, my. Um, Well, um,
2: uh,
1: Jacopo and
2: Andrew, uh, we're now nearing the end of the show. Uh, I would like for each one of you to give some closing remarks, but I want you to know this is not the last time we're going to talk. Uh, I would like for each one of you kind of to give some closing remarks before we close out this show.
0: Andrew? Sure. Uh, sure. Uh, I'd love to. Uh, firstly, I would like to thank um, all of you. Uh, thank you, Miss Oakley, for having us on. Uh, thank you, Mr. Lucas, for inviting us. Um, and um, I'll thank you, Mr. Soval, for talking with us and sharing so much with us uh oh and uh other things to say um i don't know uh i really appreciate all the things i've been able to learn uh, and i appreciate the opportunity to to learn more and uh yes i'm glad this isn't the last time we'll be talking uh that's one thing there's definitely a lot i think we can do um so yeah i'll just say thank you and uh oh i guess there's people listening uh Hopefully my fan listens to this later. I don't know if you can get this online. So, hey y'all, uh, hey family, I love my family. Y'all, uh, Hey, my homies too. Hey fam, hey, hey friends, I love my friends. All right, that's all.
4: Um, yeah, and I, I would just like to echo Andrew and thank 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 you guys so much for um for inviting us onto the show um to try to spread awareness of this act um and yeah and we really uh love the fact that you're trying to listen to youth voices um and uh and yeah uh, let's uh continue collaborating and and doing some good work um and yeah and i'll give a shout out to my mom she's probably not listening right now but um i hope she'll listen later uh she's present interest in that so um mm-hmm. and yeah and i guess for for all the listeners um uh, if you want to take a, a, an opportunity to look up that one article i was talking about earlier it was um uh i believe it's called uh well um i'm sorry i, I can't actually recall um what 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 it is um but it was written by um a mediator kenneth cloak um and it deals with uh, the origins of prejudice um, you know, one of which is racism. And it's it's a really good article. And I think it kind of um, sums up why uh, the, the mentality, um, the illogical and moral mentality that sit, sought to justify why black farmers have been deprived of their land. Um, and, yeah, and that's all. Uh, thank you guys so much. I really appreciate it.
2: Well, I, I, I want to say um, in closing... I want to thank the two of you, Andrew and Jacopo. I want you to know that uh, this is not the last time we're going to talk. I'm looking forward to having you all on in a bigger environment uh, to talk about some of the same things that we've been talking about. I want you to know that I thank the both of you so much for what you're doing as young men. Striving to get an education, doing all the right things to help not only yourselves, but also helping others. I can't think of a better reason to continue the dialogue and expand our relationship and and put more people under the tent talking some about some of the same kinds of things and working with you all who want to do the same thing? So I think we can expand this relationship to other colleges and universities and other organizations of uh, young people. And I think we need to bring in a a group of more young people to get involved in what's going on. And your social as well as your social uh, participation is uh, admirable. And I look forward to continuing an open dialogue and my door is open to you at any time but trust me this will not be the last time we're going to talk and we will probably be talking before the end of the week and that's tomorrow so thank you very much I thank uh, Michael Stovall for coming on I thank uh, Marty for having us and if there's anything that you two gentlemen got a few more minutes if there's anything that you want to say Uh, You will have the last word before Marty Oakley throws out the show, not
0: me. Um, Yeah. I think we're down
1: at the end here. Yeah. um, um, Mr. Stovall, did you have anything you wanted to add quickly?
3: Well, I just want to thank everybody for um, allowing me and Marty. Marty, thank you, and thank you, Mr. Lucas, and thank you to young man for spending time with us and, and engaging what y'all engaging into, and hopefully that what y'all are doing and what we trying to get done will make a difference for the future farmers. Thank you very much.
1: Okay. Lawrence, how about you?
2: Um, I've already spoken. I want to thank everybody. I thought this was a very productive, and and it's been very educational for uh, I think uh, both ways. So I just want to thank those okay. two young gentlemen in Stovall for coming on, and thank you, Marty.
1: Yep. All yep. right. Well, well we're going to be we're going to be back next week. Uh, with another whistleblower show But I'm not sure at this moment I believe it's going to be targeted individuals There are thousands of them That are being subjected to these Directed energy weapons as a test run In this fund And um, But uh, we'll We'll see how that turns out If I don't get shot with a beam myself I'll be surprised But anyway Lawrence thank you so much for putting this show together Mr. Stovall thank you for Joining in and you young men Um, Thank you a lot. I I appreciate the input, and I agree with Mr. Stovall. It's good to see young people getting into this. They need to get into it. It's going to take young people and their energy to turn this around. But the first thing that has to happen is I believe the USDA either has to be revamped totally or wiped out because it is absolutely a threat to every farmer in this country, most especially the black and other minority farmers. Um, They're after the land. True enough, they are after the land, and um, a lot of it's going to be titled over, I know this from work I did some years ago, Uh, Georgia um, Land Grant University was contracting with New Zealand Agritech and across the five southeastern states, and the whole effort was initially to take over um, all the dairy farming, but then to move and expand on to all agricultural production and it would all be done by New Zealand Agritech, and I do have the patents on that. But anyway, everybody, thank you so much. Um, I appreciate hearing new voices. And, Lawrence, thank you for heading up this show. Everyone else, thanks for tuning in. We had a good audience tonight, and it needs to stay that way. We'll talk to you all later, and good night, everyone. Thank you. Good night. Good night. night.
4: Thank thank you for having us. good Good night.